Welcome to the CX Chronicles podcast. This is the show for customer service managers, VPs of customer experience, and all of you other CXers out there. Every week, we are going to dig into topics, challenges, wins, and updates in the CX and customer service community. I'm your host, Adrian Brady Chisana. Check us out at CXChronicles.com. Feel free to reach out to us anytime. Thank you so much for being a part of the CX Chronicles Nation. I'd like to welcome Ryan O'Connor on today's episode of the CX Chronicles podcast. Ryan is an early stage startup operator who's been through multiple exits across multiple businesses and industries. He comes on the show today to chat with the CX Nation about customer experience, development, venture capital, and the impact of blockchain technology in today's world. Ryan is currently working at Tari Labs, a global group of contributors to the Tari blockchain project, whose mission is to steward the most useful decentralized platform that empowers anyone to create digitally scarce things that people love, like virtual goods and games or concert tickets. He was responsible for overseeing the fundraising process. Ryan and I have known each other for years, working together to help build one fine stay in New York City. He has a great story to tell and is very entertaining to listen to. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like you to welcome my friend Ryan O'Connor to the CX Chronicles podcast. Zendesk, the best customer experiences are built with Zendesk. Our customer service and engagement platform is powerful and flexible, and it scales to meet the needs of any business. Connect with your customers on any channel using Zendesk. All right, guys, thanks so much for listening to the CX Chronicles podcast. Uh, I have Ryan O'Connor with me today. Ryan, welcome to the show. Thank you, Adrian. It is always a pleasure. Absolutely, man. So, so for the CX Nation folks that uh, folks that are listening, Ryan and I uh, actually go way back. We we spent time working together uh, in New York City, um, and we have stayed connected uh, ever since then. Ryan is uh, is a pleasure to have on, have you on the show, and again, I'm really excited for you to to tell the CX Nation your story. Um, let's hop right into it, Ryan. In, in five to ten minutes, can you tell us about your personal? customer experience, service, and sales journey. Tell, tell the CX Nation, how did you get to where you are today? Yeah, so uh, believe it or not, I started off as a musician. So I, I have a degree in music from the Berkeley College of Music, uh, which is as employable as it sounds. <laughs> and, the, uh, and, and I went into, um, and I toured. I toured, and I, I loved performing, and uh, I played basically in every shitty club uh, you could name up and down the East Coast, and, and had a blast doing it. What was your um, instrument? Kinda, right? I play the drums. I play nice. the drums, and I can fake the piano. I can <laughs> fake the piano to impress to impress women. But now that I'm married, it's, uh, I don't do that anymore. <laughs> so the uh, but yeah, the, the uh, it's a little hard to serenade somebody on the drums. Yeah, it is. Uh, it is. So the uh, and, and and so you know I 
did that for a couple of years and it kind of became obvious, uh, you know, so my, my, my personal circumstances is that, so I, I, I have type one diabetes. Um, you know, it's a, it's a disability that I've been living with for almost 20 years and it's a very expensive disability. And so I kind of, while I was on the road, was always sort of thinking of like, all right, well, you know, how do I, you know, how do I, how do I make sure that I, I make enough where I can support myself and obviously, you know, you know, pay for this, this disease. And so um, it became really clear that while the career I was on was really, really fun, it, it, it was not profitable. And so I kind of had to do a realignment of things and I had to say, okay, like, you know, what are, what, if I strip everything down, like, what do I really love about my current situation? And, and what I loved a ton was I loved the deal making. You know, I went to school, I studied the music business, um, at Berkeley, but unfortunately while I was at college, uh, you know, YouTube came out, LimeWire came out, um, the internet effectively ate my industry. And so the, I had to pivot, I had to pivot personally. And so, you know, I boiled it down to, I love selling, I love marketing. Um, but I also knew that I wasn't very good uh, on the, on the, on the tactical things, uh, understanding you know, the language of finance, for example, like it was sure. just alien to me. And so I ultimately went back to school and I got my MBA. And so while I was, while I was getting my master's, I was in New York doing that at Baruch college. Okay. And uh, while I was doing that, I got introduced to the founder of Ticketfly, Andrew Dreskin. And, uh, and Andrew basically looked at my resume and said, you have a degree in finance and you have this background in music. Um, you should come aboard. And Ticketfly, for those who don't know, was a concert ticketing application a la Ticketmaster. Um, and it was in the early, early days, like pre-Series A. So I think they just had like a couple of million bucks raised. And they okay. were looking to add on. We're going to add on outside, like, like their first sort of, you know, outside sales hires, outside of, you know, their closest friends that they had been in the business with for decades. And they took a, they took a risk on me. They gave me a 90-day contract, and they basically, they handed me a deck and a list of phone numbers, and they said, just figure it out. And so, unfortunately, um, I figured it out. And, and so that career grew into, um, so we, 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 I did great in the sales role and, and really real loved quick, Were you smiling and dialing? Were you dropping by people's offices and meeting with them in person? Were you banging out emails? Both, How were you getting both. in front of these people? Yeah, it was literally, yes. Yeah, so it was a classic sort of full, full, like just full end to end sales role, like literally SDRing before SDRs nice. were like a nice. thing. Yep. Um, yep. so cold calling, eating shit on the phone, <laughs> um, emailing, and then trying to set your appointments up and then going and doing it. And I really honestly learned trial by fire. Yeah. Um, and so I, I had, I was lucky that I had great mentors at Ticketfly, specifically in the two senior sales guys, Brian Arnone and Tom Ewald, who were just like veterans and, and, and made out of fucking leather in terms of, you know, they'd seen everything and, sure. and and, uh, you know, they were phenomenal from a mentoring standpoint because they shared with me their failures. They weren't afraid to show the junior guy their rejection emails. They weren't afraid to put me on cold calls where the, where, you know, the, the, the prospect was, you know, ornery and didn't want to deal with them. Yep. And, uh, you know, and they're, and they're exceptional. Like, you know, Brian is now, I think he's the CEO of, a, I think that's his title of CEO of a, of a major ticketing company now, um, you know, doing many, many millions of revenue. And Tom is still like the senior top dog at, at Ticketfly, which is now owned by, a, by Eventbrite. And he's easily like the number one salesperson there. So it was, a, it, was a, it, was, it was very cool to get to learn underneath those two guys. And Andrew Dreskin, and then, you know, it was also great too. 
Um, and so anyway, but it was, it was full stack and it was, it was setting appointments and, and then, you know, taking the opportunities and converting them all the way to close. And, and it really where you kind of stepped out was on the day to day client management piece. But, you know, it, it's such a house to house business. It, it was, it was really, you know, if stuff went wrong, you were, you, you got a phone call from the client. So it was, uh, you, you know, plenty of, plenty of 1am phone calls cause it was nightlife. And when the software would go down, it would typically be in inopportune moments, you know, during the height of a show, yep. which was in like the wee hours of the morning. So it was full end to end, which I thought, which was a great, great first sort of entree into sales of just being in that sink or swim mode. Um, but that's how I got started. Yeah, that's how I got started. That's awesome. And in, 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 in terms of, you know, I want to go back to something you talked about um, with sharing the failures, right? I'm really happy you, you brought that up because it sounds like you were lucky early on in your journey to have some leaders who were really open to showing you what, what wasn't working. Cause here's the reality. Folks love to only talk about successes and they like to talk about all the winners and they like to talk about all the champions, but each and every one of those people got there by failing again and again and again, and just getting up and doing it again and again and again. Um, that's huge. And, and, and I think that that must have been a really, really uh, positive jumping off point for you in terms of seeing that it was OK to fail early, but also just to have the confidence to go to go to bat as many times as you could. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think you're absolutely nailed it. And it's funny because now in my in my when I interview people, whether it's sales or or anything at this point, um, you know, I ask them specifically on the deal making side. You know, uh, you know we, because everybody can print out their their Salesforce reports, and anybody can can sort of you know they can they can spin their numbers. I mean that that's effectively like we are. You know, that's part of our job a little bit of spinning. Yep. And so the you know I, I always ask like tell me about a time when a deal just utterly blew up in your fucking face. <laughs> like just tell me about a time where like you just ate it and like and and like you know if they tell the story with a with a with a high level of self-deprecation where if they can make a little fun out of it and yeah. fun out of themselves you know and like and and that and you know take you know take a hundred percent of the responsibility you know and 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 in terms of where they screwed up um you know that's 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 what i want to hear and that's what i want to see because it is just it is all the it's just about winning more than you lose yep that's all it's about you know and so and and the idea that you run a perfect record is just it's it's silly and and i think it's ineffective it's like just it just doesn't make you it doesn't increase like your empathy for the customer for other salespeople. i mean it just you know it's um you know and and it's just it's it's not the honest way to go about your career yep no i think that's i think that's absolutely correct i think that's absolutely correct right i'd like to to kind of swing the camera in a different direction for a second and um as you know we spend a ton of time on this show talking about the four cx success pillars team tools process and feedback. Um, I'd love to ask you uh, a question that I like to ask all the guests, but with those four pillars and throughout your career and running these teams and building these client portfolios and closing deals, which of those four CX success pillars have you spent the bulk of your time focusing on? Team tools, process and feedback. You know, I would, I'd say that I would out of all those rank ordering them and in terms of my focus, it would really be team process feedback and tools. Okay. Um, I feel like, I feel like for me, um, you know, the, the team has to be, 
you have to like not just in terms of talent and in terms of quality of that talent, but back to sort of that that EQ, you know, that that self that ability to self deprecate, that ability to sort of look at yourself honestly and be able to do an assessment and inventory of, of, of why things are working or candidly why things are not working. Yep. Um, you know, and that's really kind of paramount. And feedback is sort of I, I look at it as sort of like a sub layer. It, it's almost like I put you know team and process, and then underneath it, feedback kind of encapsulates both of those things sure. and tools kind of wraps around all like all three of those things um where it's it's you know the um the the, the ability for every like feedback has to be built into the process loop yep. um it has to be it has to be one of those like those constant mechanisms like when there's when when designing when designing product you know you want that user feedback loop you know, so you can always iterate and always improve. You want that internally. I mean, so for example, you know, after every sales conference, every every, every sales call, and right now I'm doing sales calls with me and the co-founder, you know, C, the COO of, of our of our of our latest project. Um, and it, it, after every pitch, you know, we look at each other and like, all right, any feedback for you? Any feedback for me? Yep. And we've been doing this. Like, he's been doing this for twenty fucking years, right. you know. And I've been doing it for you know ten, fifteen. And it's just like you can never. I don't think you can ever, ever stop looking for looking for ways just to shave off. You know, like if it's a race, just want to shave off a quarter of a second. You know, yep. just just a, just an eighth of you know an eighth of a second. Um, you know, off your off your time, and so that's kind of how I that's kind of how I look at it. Tools for me is sort of like if you don't have process and you have a good team, you can have all the tools in the world, and you're not going to be able. You, you can't do shit with them. Yep. Um, but at the same time, it's like it's you know it, it is definitely an it's an accelerant, but it's not a uh, you know for it, it's it, it's not like the. If they're, if they're, I mean, now granted, we can go all the way down to, if we, if we consider email and telephones tools, and obviously you have to have tools. Sure. Um, there's like a baseline, I understand it, but like, you know, do you need, um, you know, an email tracking system as soon as you're starting day one? You know, maybe, you know, but like, you know, could you be good for a quarter without it? You know, also maybe, you know, do, do you need a document tracking system, like a doc send out of the, out of the gate? You know, maybe, I mean, there's some, there's some table stakes like email and telephone, um, but if you don't have a great team and you don't have a great process for figuring out how to move the widget down the line, you know, all the way to a finished product or to a closed deal or to a hands off the client services, um, you know, tools just doesn't sort of really matter. Yep. Um, so the, uh, the, the, the so they're sort of like the facilitator for the process. Tons of awesome stuff there. This leads into another question. You've already given a tremendous amount of advice and tips for young and upcoming CX and sales leaders or even startup founders. I mean, right, you have a ton of ton of um, experience specifically dealing with the VCs as you've been talking about. But if you had to give a short clip piece of advice for these CX and sales leaders or these startup founders that are, are going to be going through the gauntlet and learning all the things that you've learned over the years, what's the, what's, what's the short advice that you would give those folks in terms of growing their business and really, really getting things started with their business? I would absolutely say just give before you get. I mean, always, always give before you get. I think that, you know, don't, don't look, don't be, don't be transactional. But understand that there are going to be plenty of people you interact with that are transactional. Yeah. And identifying them as such can be beneficial and should be done. Um, you know, there is a, you know, it, it's a, 
there's a, a good buddy of mine who's actually he's an angel investor now in San Diego. His name's Ashok Kamal, and we went to Baruch together. And uh, you know, he had a great saying. He would say at these open houses for our MBA program, um, when somebody would ask for like, "Hey, give us some advice we haven't heard at NYU or at Wharton or at Columbia," and, uh, and Ashok would always say, um, "Fire ninety percent of your classmates <laughs> because." <laughs> Because only 10% you're going to find you really connect with and are worth doing business with. Yeah. And when you do, like they're gonna, you're going to be doing business with, with them for the rest of your life. Like you and I. Like you and yeah, I right. met at One Fine Stay. Right. How many people were at One Fine Stay that just like candidly like you're fucking fired? Yeah. Like just like, like I, don't, I don't ever want to deal with you again. Yeah. You know, no offense to One Fine Stay crew. But there's like, there's like literally like two or three people at One Fine Stay and they're fucking killers. Yeah, right. And it's like, right. and, and, you know, and it's like, and I'll answer their phone call every single fucking time. Yep. And so and yep. so the, the the same thing goes with as you're building your network, but also understand that there are there is value in people that are transactional and only hit you up when they want something. Yeah. And as long as they're reciprocating it, as long as what when you ask them for a favor, they return it to you, you know, you don't have to be fucking best friends. But as long as that that, that information or that trans that, 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 that exchange of goods is like going back and forth, great. And the second it doesn't, chop it off. Yep. You know, but it, 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 it's to me, it's like when, when you enter, when you enter the world of like, hey, you know, if you want to know how I got into all these early stage VCs, here's how I did it. I emailed every single one in New York, everyone, partners, principals, associates, and just said, hey, I've got this background in early stage startups. You need deal flow. I mean, I'm sure you don't need deal flow, but you need qualified deal flow, yep. right? Like, I'd love to learn about your business. This is exactly what I said. I'd love to learn about your business, and then I'd love to sort of talk to you about the various founders that I've, you know, gotten to know over time, and then, you know, anybody who's looking for money that is in your wheelhouse. Yep. You know, so like if you're if you're a fintech VC, you know, and you wanna and you wanna you wanna you want a subject matter expert on student loans, well, you know, I got a guy for you to talk to. You know, or if you're in consumer and you know, you just think like natural foods is gonna launch off, I got a woman who started a business and she's absolutely the person you need to talk to. And so it's just like as opposed to like this massive spray and pray of just offering them the Rolodex, offering yeah. them three to five names and saying like, look, over my career, I've met these three to five people. I think would add value to your portfolio or help you navigate these spaces that you invest in, or you could you know, possibly invest in yourself. Please let me know. And I got an amazing response. I mean, I got, I got, you know, uh, there's, um, I'm trying to think the the guys over at uh, uh, John Frankel over at FFBC. You know, this guy, you see him talking all over the place. He's, you know, he's, he's, he probably speaks like 50 times a year. And, uh, you know, he wrote me right back, like, we're in five minutes. He goes, okay, I'll take a call. <laughs> you know, and it's like, we took a call and we had a great 20 minute call. And then I followed up with him, you know, and he, you know, he took the intros and then, um, you know, another, another phenomenal VC who I got to meet, um, was, uh, was, uh, uh Jesus Christ, why is his name blanking? Chris over at First Round Capital, one of the founding partners over, over at First Round. And the, uh, and so the, the, he took the meeting, and not only that, not only did he take the meeting, but he, he was prepared. Like he knew my background, he knew the whole mind, and and we just chatted. And it was like, you know, who can I connect you with? And so, you know, that was many many months. And so when I got the call uh, from uh, from the Tari guys, uh, you know, specifically Dan Tari and Naveen Jane, who I've known for many many years, also just building a, a relationship over like giving before you get. Um, 
you know, I went back to that well of 30 of 30 VCs and basically everybody took the meeting. That's and so it was, it was, it was, it was like, it was just like, we had this wonderful goodwill built up for, you know, they gave me invaluable information on, on insights into how they run their fund and their business models. And it was a phenomenal conversation. And, you know, and I followed up with what I could, you know, there's no way I can match a Chris Frolic with what he gave me, but sure. I tried. Yeah. yeah. So the, uh, and so, and you know, and that, and that turned into, and that turned into meetings about supporting our current project and, and it, it made our process you know, made our process a lot easier. It's also because we had a, we have a great team, we have a great idea, like all those other things aligned. But you know, in, in terms of raising the amount that we raised and in the time in which we did it, building on effectively momentum that we that you know that, that we created, um, you know, sort of sort of arbitrarily. Uh, you know, we we made the luck. You know, we you know it was you know those coffees and all that stuff. It was you know months before. It was it was you know it was many hours at night just writing emails and candidly. Um, using the same tools like Mixmax uh, that I do for fundraising that I did for my own personal networking, making sure that like after a couple of days I'd send these guys a ping if I didn't hear back, and I had a you know I had temp- I had templated outreach, right. and uh, and it worked. That's awesome. And, and again, you're right. That's not luck, man. That's activity and that's hard work and that's uh, dedication. That's commitment. Um, you know, Ryan, I've known you a long time and I know that for some of our, our younger uh, emerging sales leaders that are listening to the show right now, uh, you guys probably already know this. If you're, if you're killing it in sales and if you're doing a great job helping to grow your business by bringing new clients on each and every day and each and every week and quarter, you know that there's only one way to get there and that's hard work. It's working your ass off. It's smiling. It's dialing right to your point. It's the breakfast it's the lunches, it's the dinners, it's the cocktails, it's whatever you need to do to build those relationships, to, get, to, 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 to really kind of make sure that you're sharing each other's stories and understanding why you're going to do business with each other. It's not always about the product or the company or the service, but it's the people that you're going to be doing the business, doing the interactions, and doing the ongoing work with. And that's, that's huge. So, Ryan, awesome job painting that picture for us. And, and thank you so much for, for sharing all of that color and all of the, uh, all the fantastic ideas and, and advice and tip points that you gave. Um, right. Before we wind on the show, is there anything else that you want to pitch, um, for the CX nation or share with us or better yet, is there any, any customer interactions maybe, or, 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 or like, you know, favorite customer interactions or most entertaining customer interactions that you want to share with the CX Nation before we wind down the show today? Uh, man, I think the <laughs> um, the one that comes to mind involves a lot of swearing. Uh, and okay. basically, okay. we've got adult listeners on this show. <laughs> oh man, uh, this is this one's rough. This one is rough. Uh, what 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 I would most memorable CX story or or sales story rather uh, uh, comes from comes from an incident that happened early early on in my career where uh, where we found a a, a client so in, in ticketing uh, the way it works is you sign exclusive deals. And these deals, um, you know, they go for three, four, five years. They also come with uh, a lot of financial incentives. So, uh, so you know, so to sign a venue of any real size, any material size, would typically come with what's called a signing bonus, which basically means the ticketing company pays a fair amount of money um, out of their revenue to the client uh, as a form of thank you for having for, for the pleasure of, of simply 
um, of having their business. And so it's a, it's a very cash heavy game, okay. uh, which not a lot of people understand about ticketing. And then we, we go on all the time in the world, we go into those intricacies, but suffice to say, I paid somebody a lot of money to get an exclusive deal for three years. Uh, and it was actually, it was, it was in the, it was in the New York state. It was upstate in New York. Uh, so kind of like in your backyard. Okay. And the, uh, and, and gave the money, uh, the way the the way the terms worked was fifty uh, percent of the signing bonus gets wired day one. Fifty percent gets wired over um, after the first ticket is sold. Okay. Uh, because there's some there's some time between some people will sign up with a new ticketing deal a year six months before their their old one expires, so that there's a smooth transition. So the uh, so anyway, so what ended up happening was this client took. Took the first check, no problem. Then went onto our platform, created a really tiny rinky-dink show, and uh, sold a ticket to it. So technically, he triggered the second part of his bonus. <laughs> and and so and me being the green salesperson that I am, he emails me and he goes, he goes, hey man, just sold my first couple of tickets. Send that second part of the bonus over. And I'm like, right away, sir. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> and and I'm like, this guy sold his first couple of tickets, you know, wire that money. And it was like, it was like 50 G's. It was not, you know, it wasn't immaterial. Sure. Yeah. And I'm, so I'm watching his account because my commission is based on tickets sold and I'm watching his account. And I'm notice, I'm noticing that, that there are no more new events like being put up on the system, on our system, but there are new events being put up on his old system. And so it dawns on me, it's like, this motherfucker just gamed me, like put a tiny shell about <laughs> so we could trigger this out of the bonus. So I call him up and I say, Hey man, I've noticed that, you know, since we paid you the full bonus, there's been no more activity uh, on, on, on your ticket fly account. And uh, he goes, yeah, what about it? And I go, well, it seems to me that there's all these new shows going on in your old account. Uh, so it feels like uh, you're still under contract with your with your old provider, and I just handed you $50,000. Right. And he, he tells me this. He says, look, pretty boy, pull your dick out of my mouth and go put it in somebody else's who gives a shit. <laughs> oh, I, boy. <laughs> know what this, I have no idea what the fuck this even means. So, like, he hangs up on me. So I'm sitting here thinking I'm getting fired. I'm losing my job. <laughs> I got to go back to the CEO and say, like, I just lost. I just lost your money. Right. right. Yeah. I just lost your money. Yeah. We just, we just like, or like, we're going to have to go to court and we're going to have to sue this guy and it's going to be a whole thing and that's going to cost money. And it's just going to be a massive headache. Yeah. So I, <laughs> what I, I'm on the, I'm on the sales floor and I'm like stunned, like all the colors got out of my face. And I'm just like, how do I fucking fix this? And I fix this in the only way I know how, and that is is like to channel like like you know my inner New Yorker, my you know my my New Jersey roots. And I basically I go into a I go into a supply closet because it's the only like private soundproof room on the sales floor. Okay. I said, or we can lawyer up and we can figure this out. Right. And so the uh, and. Uh, and so he pauses and he goes, all right, I'll add two more years. Wow. And so I go, 
okay, great. I mean, I was ready for him to tell me to just get fucked and like yeah. scream at me and whatever. And so I, so I sent him an addendum and he signed it. And then once it was signed, I, uh, I went up to, uh, I went to my boss and I was like, so we had a problem and I fixed it and here's how it's all going to work out. But dude, I swear to God, I thought I was going to get fucked fired. It was just like, that was, that was my, and, and fortunately I've never had another experience like that. Well, since. I was going to say that, you, that might have, you might have just taken the actual cake here on the CX Chronicles podcast for the most entertaining customer interaction that you've ever had and what you learned from it. That is probably the King's, the King's example right there, sir. So that's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> glad I said, I'm glad I set the ball. You set the, you know, you set the bar uh, very anyway. high, sir. <laughs> Yeah, so, it was. Uh, that was. That, that's a great example, guys, of how you fix the problem and solve 100%. it before you bring it to your ball. Yeah, problems are going to so, happen, so you just so got to go that. figure it out. You're absolutely right. Yep. So, Mr. O'Connor, Ryan O'Connor, it, it, it has been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. Before we part part ways today, uh, is there any anything else? Any upcoming events or conferences, books, articles, anything that you want the CX Nation to know about about you or, or any of the yes. projects that you're working on? Absolutely. I think, you know, if you're new to the blockchain space, and I encourage everybody to go and to explore it, because there's so many industries that are on an inevitable collision with this underlying technology. And whether you whether or not you believe Bitcoin is worth what it's worth, or Ethereum is worth what it's worth, is sort of irrelevant. It's really, you know, the underlying blockchain technology itself is really, uh, that's that that I think is here to stay. And we have an open sourced uh, uh, university of learnings that's free for everybody. It's non-technical. Um, so salespeople can read it. CX people can read it, and it's called Tari Labs University, and it's on GitHub. It's open source; you can see it all. It's only it's it's just started. It's a couple of weeks old. There's lots of resources there, and it and it shows you sort of you know the level of understanding you need. Like what what are the prerequisites for diving into the topic? And we we're, we worked really really hard to simplify the concepts. And if if you are mathy and you're you're interested in things like you know, Merkle trees, et cetera. But like you can you can dive down the rabbit hole. But the uh, but for the uninitiated, as like I was, you know, back in November, um, it's a great place to start. So that's I'd encourage people to go check that out. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, Ryan O'Connor, thank you so much for joining the CX Chronicles podcast today. It's been my absolute pleasure. Um, I can't wait till we can get together in person again. Uh, rise back out on the on the West Coast now, but um, it's been a pleasure, man. Thank you so much for joining the show. I would love to have you back again in the future because I, I mean we've always got a ton to talk about, and more importantly, uh, there's always uh, there's always something that we can um, take from what we've learned and through our experiences and share it with the CX Nation, so that these folks coming up behind us have a little bit a little bit smoother of a path. So. Ryan, thank you so much for joining the show today, man. It's been an absolute pleasure. My pleasure, Adrian. Thanks so much. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of CX Chronicles. Be sure to subscribe, save, and share with all of your fellow CXers. And until next time, make happiness a habit, CX Chronicles Nation. Check us out at cxchronicles.com.